Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. Brought to you by TwoWayRadioCenter.com, a Motorola value-added reseller. The Church Safety Guys is a nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping the vigilant, those men and women who stand watch, keeping our houses of worship and places of faith safe. We believe church safety and security must be a ministry first and have engaged servant leaders who continually strive for excellence and teams of motivated volunteers that are always training. Join us for the next hour as the Church Safety Guys unpack safety, security, leadership, and ministry operations with your hosts, Dr. James McGarvey and Mike Scully. This broadcast is also available on YouTube, your favorite podcast platforms, churchsafetyguys.com, and on the original Church Security app. Download it today. Feel free to like, subscribe, and share with your ministry. Well, hello. Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. I am James, and once again on this fine broadcast, joined by my co-host, Mike. How you doing, sir? Happy Sunday. <laughs> Happy New Week. Happy almost new month. <laughs> Happy back to school. Like where I feel like it's everything is on slot right now. Happy technical difficulties. Thanks for those <laughs> joining us late. <laughs> yeah, the technical difficulties. You know, it's actually it's been pretty good lately. Yeah. I mean, I we had a we had a good run. Gremlins in the system. We uh we went to I went to fire it up for for those of you watching and for some reason our our broadcast software didn't like Facebook. That's weird, but it's working now. So yep. problem problem solved. We're good. <laughs> so busy week, bu- busy weekend. Um, I had the opportunity yesterday uh, to actually drive up to uh, Toledo. Uh, which is right on the Michigan, Michigan, Ohio border. I didn't, fortunately I didn't have to go into Michigan, but um, for those Ohioans listening, but um, there was, I think six or seven churches that got together to do a tent revival. And uh, one of the the folks in our group um, who actually came to our Columbus conference when we did, when we did it in, um, church security essentials in Columbus. He messaged me and sent me a flyer and he was like, Hey, could you, you know, keep us in prayer? Cause we're doing this. Yep. And, um, they kind of tapped into him to ask him to keep an eye on things. And so I messaged him and I said, you know, can I, can I help you? Can I come up and, and hang out with you? And he was really excited about that. He's like, yeah, absolutely. I love to, love to fellowship with you and, and whatnot. So I went up for, um, a good chunk of the day and, and, uh, it was, it was pretty interesting for sure. I think it was, like I said, there there were probably six or seven churches and, um, one of the churches was a, a, a biker church and, um, that was a new experience for me. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But I've never been a biker person, but it was pretty, it was still, I mean, you couldn't ask for a more hospitable group. I mean, yeah. even the the church that was um, providing, like, we did it out in a tent behind on, on church property. Even the church that was providing um, the space, uh, they were extremely, extremely hospitable and I started talking to one of the the pastors and he was like, Hey, I watch you on Sunday night on your, <laughs> on your broadcast. And I was like, yeah, I watch you too. When you do a, when you do a service. So it was go. cool. Nice. It was, it was pretty cool, but yeah, we, um, if we can, and that's one thing we haven't, we haven't publicized a whole lot, you know? Right. Um, and we, I mean, we do it on case by case basis when we have the, the time I wasn't expecting to have extra time this weekend. In fact, I was supposed to be shooting 
um, or practicing shooting at uh, one of my church friends' house. And um, we ended up having to cancel because he's he's trying to get his house ready to sell. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't think we should probably be shooting in the backyard when when that, you're like uh, trying to get your house ready. That lead so test I, and, might uh, go awry. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'll let's let's postpone that. And so I had a, a Saturday, but um, we definitely. I mean, if we can. Uh, we love to go out to churches when they're doing events and help out where we can. And sometimes it's nice just to have an extra set of hands, you know, it's right. not. Um, and that's what I, I told the gentleman that I went, uh, went to, to help. I said, you know, um, I said, I, I'm not here to take it over. Like, that's not my goal. I just want to be involved and help wherever I can. And I can do, yep. you know, I can do security and I can do first aid and, you know, whatever you need. That's just a nice, you know, nice support. So it's it's always interesting when you take a chance to, I mean, we're, we're obviously kind of serial volunteers. I mean, we, we over say yes, uh, sometimes too often and we have to uh, pull back at times, but I feel like there's just a, there's a time place where, you know what, the, we emulate as best as we can what Christ did in taking the towel off from around his waist and washing the disciples' feet. So as a true kind of servant leader and talking about leadership tonight, when we just kind of say, hey, here I am, what do you need? How can I help? It's not, hey, this look at my resume. This is what I can do. Unless you put me in this spot, I'm not going to help you. It's how can I help? And I think that's the real difference. I think there's uh, kind of a line in the sand where some folks only want to do what the one role that they have, and they don't necessarily take on more than that. Whereas I think there are those that do kind of say, Hey, I rarely have the extra time because when I'm not, uh, helping or, or coaching or doing something, uh, at church and I'm not tied up with family and I'm not doing something for church safety guys, it's far and few between. So, I mean, that, that certainly, takes a lot of time up. Um, but there are occasions um, that really just present themselves. And it's an opportunity that really as a leader, it's continuous learning. Stepping outside of our own bubble and a chance to step into somebody else's is a chance to pick up on things. Maybe they're doing sure. something differently. What can we bring back to our own churches? What can we help them or guide them on just because we happen to be there? So there's there's so much good in the opportunity to do a little extra good. And, you know, everybody does. You're absolutely right. And everybody does something a little bit different. So being able to see that and, um, you know, I've said that a few times. It's not it's not about critiquing how someone's doing it. It's it's about trying to be helpful. And, you know, what can we do that's not as distracting uh, to what? you know, the event and what's going on. And, you know, honestly, I mean, since day one, we've, we've pushed that as well. I mean, there have been churches that have reached out in the groups on social media and said, you know, we don't have, uh, we don't have anybody and several, like we had that a few years ago with a church in Tennessee. Um, they stepped forward and said, you know, everybody, it was at Christmas time and they were doing a big Christmas event and everybody got sick on their team. And so, um, I posted it in one of the groups and within, I mean, literally within 10 minutes, two massive churches stepped in and said, Hey, we'll send five people over on that day. So now all of a sudden he's got, you know, 10 people, guests, people that are coming to the church and, and maybe they don't know you know, the minute details of that church, but they can still, you know, stand watch and still perform right. the, the activities and, and do it well. So I love it when, when, when I see that, when I see churches that, that come together, you know, in the community and, and try and help each other in, in practical ways. And it's, it's awesome to see it with outreach too, specifically, because then, you know, you know, people aren't concerned about just their church. It's right. You know, how can we help? How can we help others? So 
So we're going to uh, actually jump in and um, we will do, uh, I just wanted to mention actually, uh, welcome. And if you haven't joined us in a while, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. If you listen at a later time, feel free to like, share, and subscribe to uh, the YouTube channel or our podcast that always helps with, with the algorithm. Um, and as, as you subscribe, that will actually uh, send you notifications when we post new content. And then, as always, you can reach out to us through our website, which is churchsafetyguys.com, or you can reach out to us through the church security app, uh, whichever is easiest for you. Um, I did want to announce, because we haven't yet, our new behind, actually behind me, our new, uh, our new, new resource called Train, and that's with the Ministry Lifecycle that came out uh, this past week, so that's available uh, for, for you to, uh, pick up a copy. And, uh, right now we actually have it at a introductory price. So it's 1299, uh, a book. And as always, if you, if you want to bulk order that for your, your church, your team, uh, you're welcome to reach out to us through the website and we can, we can definitely help you out with that. For those that are net new to the series that is, uh, started with the inspire influence impact book, and that kind of introduces the entire ministry lifecycle concept. And then we break down and kind of uh, break out each phase of the framework in its own book. And so we're kind of been working through each of those. Uh, so you have uh, several of those on the market already today on Amazon. And then Drain yep. is the most recent. And it's it's definitely, I think it's one of the larger <laughs> ministry lifecycle books. Um yep. But it's got some great resources and great information, and um, it's definitely something that you you don't want to miss that uh, will be helpful to you and your team, and and uh, hopefully it'll be a, a blessing as well. So on on this broadcast, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, being a better leader, and. Um, I am actually sitting in our, our green room as our guest. So I'm going to go ahead and bring him in. So, hey, Dustin, again, thanks for joining us. Hey, James, yeah, glad to be here. Uh, yeah, apologize Appreciate for my tardiness. It. I'm <laughs> kind of glad that the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the technical difficulties, man. I'm so sorry about that, but appreciate you waiting for me. It works. So Dustin is has a crazy background. I'm going to say that and I'm going to throw the spotlight on you for a second. But yeah, sure, man. He is a pastor in a church in Connecticut. Yep. And uh, why don't you go ahead and for our, our listeners, just kind of run through your your bio real quick and oh. we'll get going. <laughs> All right. If that's possible. Yeah. Right. Quick. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Hey, everybody. Listen, um, my name is Dustin Alley. I uh, pastor Liberty Baptist in Bristol, Connecticut, and uh, it is the home of ESPN. I'm blessed to have a guy in <laughs> our church that works for ESPN. And in 2019, on their 40th anniversary, I was in the building. I got to enjoy that. That was really cool. I got married to my wife, Sarah, in 2006. Uh, and we are high school sweethearts. We went to separate high schools. That's how we remain sweethearts. And uh, after being <laughs> married for about five years or so, five, six years, we had our first child. Now we have three. Evan is 11. Ethan is eight. And Caitlin is six. And uh, yeah, I graduated high school. I went to the Marine Corps. I was an air traffic controller in the Marine Corps for nine years, two tours to Afghanistan, uh, Pensacola, South Carolina, Arizona. God called me to ministry in Arizona, and uh, in 2015, I got hired on as the assistant pastor and youth pastor in Freedom Baptist Church out there with Pastor Chad Matheny. And 2019, no, 2018, God called me to the lead pastor. In 2019, I came up here. That's like the shortest version I can possibly get. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I do what I can. Yeah. Well, what's funny is, and, and I'll, I'll throw a, a throw a plug out here to Dustin. I met, we actually went to the same conference. If you guys remember, uh, we went to the same idea day conference in Texas that got iced out at the beginning oh, of the yeah. year. Yeah. And, uh, I, I actually, left New England in January, James, right. to an ice storm in Texas. <laughs> and it was probably yeah. like what? 50 degrees in Connecticut. <laughs> it was. It was sunny and beautiful. And I'm in, yeah. where were we? Where were we? Uh, we were near Dallas, right? Dallas. Yeah. yeah. It's just outside and, of Dallas. Yeah. It's crazy. 
but yeah, so I didn't, I, I didn't even, I went to the conference, didn't even see him, didn't meet him. And we actually met on, um, one of the, the social media groups and, uh, Dustin has an interesting vision and interesting ministry. I'll throw that out there. He's, he's one of the few people that I've met that might be more active than me with his family, <laughs> with church, with writing a book, yeah. with, yeah. with taking on more and more and more, <laughs> but anyhow, um, yeah. so I reached out to him. We got to kind of got to know each other and, and work together. And, uh, that is his, he does a podcast called, I'll throw it over to you. Men after God. Yeah. Thanks James. Yeah. I, I gave my bio up to the pastor, but the men after God movement, man, yeah, that has taken off and we're so excited about that. And I'm thankful for you jumping in. Cause if you weren't jumping in and volunteering some of your time with us, I would be doing it. And I'm very thankful for you giving that up. And so I appreciate that. Yeah. So our men after God movement, I was listening to some of your talk from backstage there, uh, is really focused on some of the things you guys were mentioning. Uh, we believe at the Minute After God movement that every Christian man desires success in life. Uh, they want to either achieve financial success, they want to achieve work success, they want to achieve success in some way. And our role is to partner with them to help them do that with a, with a thriving faith and family. Too many Christian men have tried to uh, build up a, an empire for themselves or build up a kingdom for themselves in the area of work or finances or something they're pursuing after in this world, and they're, they've lost their faith or they've lost their family because of it. I don't think that needs to happen. We're here to come alongside them and help them be able to accomplish what God has called them to do and allow them to raise a, a family that thrives uh, with their faith in Jesus Christ. So that, that's really why we exist. Our podcast is all about uh, interviewing some guys in that space, delivering some content to help you know Christian entrepreneurs or business owners or corporate America men that follow Jesus to be able to uh, realize that you, you can have all the money in the world, take all the great vacations, own the nicest cars, but when you lose your faith in Christ and your family, you've lost it all. And so we're here to help them uh, not allow that to happen. Or if they've come to a place where it's starting to happen, we, we want to partner with them to uh, flip that switch real quick. That's great. That's good it's stuff. Always, always good to have kind of the, the wheels on the ground and make sure you're have that grounding in the right things. And yeah. I think right up, right up front, I think that can, that success, those, the glitz, the glamor, the dollar signs, the, all those things can uh, certainly do a number on on anybody, but I feel like that that desire of uh, males to kind of be that breadwinner to succeed to to reach that plateau or something, always that next rung on the ladder. I think it can kind of suck you in like fool's gold, and you can really lose sight of what you need to be looking at. Absolutely, Mike. And what we're what we've seen take place is oftentimes uh, it's it's easy for us to understand how it's happening in money. But can I tell you, as a guy in ministry, it's just as easy for me to lose myself in the pursuit of ministry as Absolutely. it is for someone to lose themselves in the pursuit of success in, in the world and finances. Because uh, how easy is it to make an excuse to work for God when you say, "Well, it's for the Lord," right? Well, I can give all my time and stuff over to that and. You know, we, we have a coaching framework that we're rolling out to be able to offer to guys if they want to go through that program. It's a, it's about a 10-week evergreen type program that also gives them access to private coaching on a weekly basis in our group. But uh, nonetheless, it focuses on five things I think every Christian man needs to do. And so if you're watching this, grab a pen, write this down. This this is a freebie. All right, guys. Uh, the first he, thing he, you Hold have, on one second, Dustin. He yeah. beat me to a list, James. You got to mark <laughs> this down. Our guest beat me to a list. I, that was that was all planned in the background. I was like, oh, you know, I know yeah. when when we when we have Dustin come on, he's gonna go with a list. And That's great, I yeah, love it. you guys are That's both awesome. list guys. I'm Absolutely. like, I'm I'm writing notes over here, and <laughs> you guys well, have I've got have five I, or the you guys nine right. You guys here. were talking, and I've got my notes here, my list here of things you were talking about beforehand. Like oh, I want to comment on that, and then I've got my other list of things I want to make sure I say if you ask me. And so, <laughs> but this list here to every man that's listening um just just no, write it down all right the first thing you have to have space in your schedule for in a week so this is this is the framework i believe that if you have these five things you make time for them appropriate time in your week then you will achieve success with a thriving faith and family and the first one is you have to deepen your relationship with jesus that just dive right in there it's, that's foundational 
you have to deepen your relationship with Jesus. Now, what's that look like to you? Man, James, you said it earlier, man, that we've got people on there. People do things differently, right? Some sure. of us like to, to read a chapter. Some of us like to read a verse and meditate upon it. Some of us like to write, write out what, we, what God's saying to us through the word and uh, those different things. Whatever it looks like, deepen your relationship with Jesus. The second thing you have to do is you have to devote time to your family. You cannot have a thriving faith and family if you don't give them time. Absolutely. The third thing you make space for is to develop yourself. Mike, you mentioned being a servant leader earlier and things. Servant leaders yeah. often try to pour from an empty cup. Whenever we try to pour from an empty cup, we're really giving the people we're serving nothing. So we have to pour into ourselves. The fourth thing is you deliver value to others. You serve them, you teach them, you train them, you whatever it is, you deliver some sort of value to elevate them in their life. And then the fifth thing, all right, listen, if you're type A like me, if you're a go-getter, <laughs> if you're an achiever, if you're one of these people that make lists and have to check everything off of it, this one right here is going to get you. Are you ready? Do nothing for Jesus. Wait, what? Doesn't that go against everything? <laughs> No, I'm talking about a Sabbath. You've got to get some rest. You've got to make time to rest. And that'll that implementing those five areas into your life will change your life. It will give time to the most important things that matter and help you to say no to the things that don't. That is what the Men After That's God good. movement is founded upon, are those five things. Good stuff. I'll tell you, I jump in real quick and I'll, and then I'll toss it over to Mike, but jump in real quick to one of your first, one of your first statements about being so involved with ministry that you're too involved. Uh, you know what? That's to me, that's just preaching to the choir because honestly, I mean, with safety and security, you know, if you're watching this and you're like, well, how in the world would that apply to me with safety and security? A lot of times that ministry, we, we put in hours and hours and hours and, you know, we've said it before on, you know, on our broadcast where it's like, you know, you're the first, first to get there and the last to leave oftentimes. And, um, the mental health piece of that yeah, mental, man, spiritual, huge. you know, physical is just, it takes its toll because you can't focus on being effective. And there, there have been times where, you know, I've been so tired serving that I'm just like, I'm not good to anybody. Like my mm. attitude's not right. My yeah. focus isn't right. And when your focus isn't right, you're going to miss stuff anyway. And that's, that's the detriment because for years in, in Christianity, we've said that, Oh, just serve, just serve and serve and serve and serve. And if the church doors are open, you should be there. You should be serving. Well, if mm. the church doors are open, you should be there, especially after COVID I'll say that. <laughs> but the Amen. truth is beyond that, you do need self-care and you do need to, to ensure that you are in a right place of mind. And honestly, being in a right place in, in your mind and, um, being able to engage with properly with others is part of being a better leader. So realistically, you know, we don't have to be the, the perfect, most perfect leader and ministry leader in the world, but yeah. we need to be good and we need to be better. And we need to always be looking for an opportunity to improve, you know, our characteristics and our, our attributes from the standpoint of, you know, connecting with people and, and fulfilling the mission. So Mike, I'll throw it over to you. Cause I know you're, you're writing a list. I'm sure. <laughs> Not as we speak, but I'd say, you know what, first off some gold nuggets there tonight. So those that are watching tonight or on the rebroadcast or, or listening um, it's worth writing those down. Dustin, great, great list there. I think there's so many pieces of those five that I see kind of that are part of our ministry life cycle series and really kind of ties in very well. I mean, we, we talk about having the right attitude and humility and other qualities as a foundation to get started. We talk about ministry first because church safety and security can very easily get tactical and we gotta, we gotta unapologetically put the Bible first. Yeah. And so we will look at that whenever we can. So it's kind of investing in that. How do you how do you really serve 
well in any capacity while it's serving your family and your family is not just those at church. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's certainly huge in that as well. Um, as James was talking, that empty cup part, part that you mentioned there, Dustin, is the last step for us is renew. It's that chance to pause, to reflect, to recharge, and to kind of hit at it again because it, we're no good to anybody if we don't recharge. And we see so many folks in ministry, um, whether it's uh, even in, even as pastors, that they reach a point where they burn out yeah. and and you end up seeing sabbaticals or they leave the ministry entirely yeah. because they just they they were pouring from an empty cup and it, it, they didn't have people pouring back in. So I think that that's certainly uh, something big there. And then always, we're always big on always training. So the idea that we need to continually invest in ourselves to have something to pour from, to put something into our cup, but also that's that value that we're delivering to others. So really love the list, really fits really well and nicely to to what we do here at Church Safety Guys. Man, yeah, that's so awesome to hear what you were talking about of uh, just that renewal. You know, it looks different in today's culture we're always accustomed to being on or being uh, attached to a device or always accessible sure. uh just this last week um you know just as a pastor i had someone that felt as though they could text me anytime they wanted like 11 30 p.m and it wasn't a need <laughs> guys listen if you're if you have a need and your pastor is the one who can fill it then okay sure but if it's just to say hey i didn't like what you did the other day find another time to text him. Right. <laughs> well, and let and him know, we've, right? we've, we've said that time and time again. I mean, I, generally speaking, I don't, I've never, I won't say I never, because as soon as I say never, something, <laughs> something Someone's happens. Gonna text you, James, you remember that one I will time say, five years ago? I will say, I will say usually after 10 PM is my time. Like I will right. sit That's my good. phone down. I kind of pull myself away from it. But usually if I get a text or something like that, it's, you know, it's from one of my kids or maybe the pastor is texting right. me last minute, like, Hey, you know, wanted to catch up with you on this. And, and I, I get that, you know, pastors have crazy schedules. Um, but at the same time too, we've talked many, many times on the, on the broadcast about respecting pastor's time and saying, look, you know, a Sunday morning, because what we, you know, what we hear a lot is, or, you know, a crazy amount of time is people coming to us and saying, my pastor doesn't want to do a safety or security ministry, right? So how do I handle that? And one of the first things I will ask them is, or, or say is, okay, when did you talk to him Mm. about it? What Mm -hmm. was the setting? And they'll come back and they'll say, well, I, I grabbed him on Sunday morning and I'm like, before or after the service and they're like well before the service yeah before the service and i'm like okay so this is yeah this is a coaching thing coaching moment and that's that's what i tell people and i'm like you know what um you're probably not going to want to hear this but i'm gonna as a brother in the lord i'm gonna say it anyway and that's don't do that because the pastor at that point has two focuses one the message and to the people that are walking in the building, they yeah. are not focused operationally on mm. that. They want everything to go well because it's representative, you know, and falls on their shoulders, but they're not going to be saying, let's add another ministry right now <laughs> because <laughs> no. the answer you're going to yeah. get is no. Why do, why, why do I want to add another ministry when I see what's going wrong in this one? And I see what needs to be fixed yeah. in this one right now. And yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I tell you the, the concept of rest, uh, I read a great book, the ruthless elimination of hurry. Um, I recommend it. He says some political things I disagree with, but overall great book. And uh, he just talks about fo- looking at Jesus's life as the yoke that he gave us the method in which the oxen carried out the work was the yoke that was placed upon him that guided him and directed him. And the yoke that Jesus gave us was the example of his life, which was a slower paced life than what we live today. And uh, one of the things I've started doing as a result of reading that book is uh, I actually now take a sabbatical, a Sabbath, if you will, from my phone. Uh, I've done it two weeks now. I'm proud of myself. Um, Your church but, um, is still standing. <laughs> it's, my church is still standing. That's what someone said. What if someone needs you? Like, well, They'll call my wife and she's got her phone, you know? Um, and then also, this is the thing I like to say, like, I'm your pastor, not your Holy Spirit. I can't handle it all. And so don't <laughs> ask me to, uh, but on, That's but true. on Saturdays, I, I, last week I kept it on my, um, 
just it stayed on my nightstand. I didn't even touch it. And then this Saturday we had to get creative. My wife put parental controls on my phone so I could only have access <laughs> to phone calls and text because I was going out to get a haircut and I had to go out and run some errands. She's like, well, I want to be able to talk to you. I'm like, well, okay. So I'll probably get a flip phone just so I don't have the temptation <laughs> of smartphone access. But, uh, but that's a great way to just get some rest and renewal. And James, what you're talking about, like pastor's crazy schedule. Hey, if there's a pastor listening to this, you have a crazy schedule because you choose to have a crazy schedule. Uh, and that's really all of true. Us. We are the ones that choose our schedule. Because if we're not choosing our schedule, then we're playing victim to the things that are in our life rather than actually taking control of our life for the Lord. We have a responsibility to steward it. Just like we do money, Mike. If I'm a person that says, I, you know, hey, I, I don't have any money. I'll, you know, I never have money. I never have money. Well, why don't you have money? Well, because I'm not paid enough. Well, okay, but you're getting paid, right? Yeah, okay, well, what do you spend your money on? Well, I buy a lot of uh, 12 packs of Coke and a bunch of candy every day. Wait a minute. <laughs> the, prob the, the problem is not how much money you're getting. The problem is how you're stewarding it. Well, the same thing's true with your time. This is Ever. what helped me give a Sabbath back to God because I began looking at it as an act of worship. Just as my tithe is an act of worship to say, God, you'll do more with the 90% that I keep um, than if I sure. kept all 100. Well, God, you'll do more with me working six days on the things you have me doing than if I worked seven days. Why? Because he told me to rest. Yep. And so that, that, that I think that's that when we take it as an act of worship, our lives as an act of worship and stewardship, we can take ownership of them and, and, and be careful with those schedules. And so but that, and that leads to us being a better leader. One of absolutely one of the the folks watching actually commented on something. Um, they said, "I believe one of the issues with respect uh, is that we haven't taught parishioners pastoral care, just like we care for them. They need to be taught how to care for us." Amen. And that's that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, being part of a being part of a church plant, you know, it's all hands on deck for everything, yep. and we've had the uh, the elders of the church have numerous times connected and sat down with the pastor and his wife and said, okay, here's the thing. You cannot do everything. Like you have to trust us enough to delegate and, and give us responsibility because you are going to get burned out. And not only that, not only are you going to get burned out, but you're going to develop a culture in this church plant in this church where everyone comes to you for everything. And, you know, what happens when you go out uh, out of town on vacation for a week, your phone's going to be blown, blown up by people that can't live without you versus, you know, um, I don't know. Hey, you know, talk to, talk to James, talk to one of the other guys. They're there, they can help you. And so it, it does, it, it goes both ways. And I think it, there's certainly, there certainly needs to be more pastors that do that. But I, I know being a pastor in the past that there's always a lot of responsibility and, and um, a lot of pressure. Like we put pressure on ourselves mm -hmm. to perform and outperform and be better and do better and be everything to everybody. And that's yeah. where it, it goes off the rails with the self-care because it's like, you know, at some point in time, you know, we also need to look at the fact that um, I use the, the illustration a lot of times of Moses in the in the Old Testament when his father-in-law came to him and said, look, you're killing yourself. Set up elders, set up leaders that can do this so that you only deal with the major stuff, like empower other people to do to do what you know, what you do and train them. And that's honestly, I mean, we see that in both, both cases for sure. Yeah. But uh, Mike, you were going to, you, uh, you actually, there. you took some of the thunder there. I was actually going to oh, go towards sorry. that Pat. Well, <laughs> with, uh, with empowerment, I, I think from the delegation is kind of one of my weaknesses. I feel like I, I tend to uh, wrap my arms around things and, and try to really take hold of it and, and uh, tackle stuff where I, I seek to try to, be better at that to find folks that can take on stuff. But that empowerment is really how to be, we're talking about this, uh, this evening about how, how to be a better leader. Well, being a better leader is to actually equip and empower others around you to be like you, to be able to do it without you. Um, I think that the truest definition of success 
is somebody who can do your job without you there. And it's counterintuitive. And at times it feels like I'm training my replacement in my day job. But other times I sit there and say, the more people I equip, the better other people look to me as a leader because they see me as competent and capable. Hmm. Yeah. For uh, ministry wise, and you, you, you said it right, Mike, we really are working ourselves out of job in a sense. One of the, uh, so perspective, I've been a lead pastor for four years, so I know enough to severely get myself in trouble. Uh, I'm 35 years old, and so there are men that have done this longer, better, and and much more competent than I am. So take what I'm saying at a grain of salt. Uh, however, the thing that God has been working in my heart over the last uh, couple of years, at least, is... Um, how the body of Christ is supposed to to operate, right? And um, we're we're all different. Some are hands, some are feet, some are ears, some are eyes. And uh, leaning into my strengths and delegating my weaknesses. And what I have found is God really, when I like gave that up and said, God, I'm I'm not like full confession, guys. Spiritual gifts test, like I don't care which one you give me. Mercy, like bottom. I don't know if I score on some of them. Okay. Uh, and so when it comes to like that pastoral care and that shepherding aspect of it, I'm not the greatest at that. And I've told our church, like, guys, sorry, I love you. I'll come to your bedside. I've visited hospitals. I've been next to deathbeds. I've done funerals. I've been in the hospital room with a wife when her husband died. I, I've done these things and I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, a monster. It's like, okay, well now I'm out, you know? Um, however, those are not my strengths. So what I've sure. learned is to to really lean into the strengths of others and, and elevate them into those positions so yeah, that I can focus absolutely. on only what I can do. Right. I, I'm some some pastors are shepherds and they're not they're they're not equipped to um, to really do some of the other things. And I, a shepherd and a visionary, I, I believe they can be the same. But most a lot of times you find shepherds being the ones that just they love people and they they love being around people, love caring for people. And you can see that in them. Um, but when it comes to administration or when it comes to forward thinking to help the church progress and remain mm -hmm. in the 21st century, uh, sometimes that can be lacking when that just kind of needs to be relegated over. The ultimate responsibility lies on the pastor. However, it doesn't mean he has to be the one that gets it all done. And uh, right. James, you're, you're church plant, man. Such wisdom to gather around the pastor and say, hey, you, you've you got to delegate. We, we want a culture where the church is interdependent with the pastor, yeah. not dependent upon. And I think that would relate well, to your security teams too. We've absolutely, we've seen other churches that we've been part of. And, and we really, for our, our church plant, we really have a stellar team of seasoned folks that, um, you know, love the Lord really are like, we've, we've put our all into making this successful. And I think certainly with any ministry, you know, you want people to be engaged and, and play to their strengths and minimize, try and minimize, you can't eliminate, but minimize the weaknesses. Mm -hmm. But the other piece of that is, you know, as leaders, we have a responsibility to engage and mentor and coach the folks that we're serving with. Because if we don't do that, we're going to lose them because mm -hmm. they're giving, giving, giving. And as a leader, if we're not pouring into them and saying, as well as doing the, the ministry task, they're going to come back and be like, well, all you're ever doing is asking me for stuff. And we can all think of people that we've pulled away from talking to because every time they text or every time they call, they need something. And it gets to that point where it's like, this is, this is really frustrating. But mm -hmm. what's interesting to me is um, we had a situation a, a, a couple of months ago where our pastor was out of town and uh, one of our church members was in uh, the hospital, went to the hospital with some medical things. And so uh, the pastor texted me and mm -hmm. said, Hey, you know, I'm out of town. You're, I, I volunteered to actually take his phone calls and stuff and help him. <clears throat> He's like, Hey, can you, can you run over to the hospital? Because so-and-so is there. They were just admitted. We're trying to figure out what's going on. Would you mind just going and, and talking to him? And I said, absolutely. I'll go over. That's not a problem. So I called one of the other younger guys and I said, Hey, are you free? And he's like, maybe what's up? <laughs> I said, I want you to go to the hospital with me. And he's like, uh, I've never done that before. And mm. I said, well, Perfect time. guess what? <laughs> I said, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. Just come hang out with me. And he's like, 
okay, fine. So I pick him up. We drive to the hospital, walk in. And of course, you know, ERs, hospitals, they're not pleasant places, right? You've got machines everywhere. And, and his family, this gentleman was admitted and his family was there. His wife was there and, and stressed out and their son. And <clears throat> as we're walking in, I said, okay, we're going to spend about five or 10 minutes here. I'm just going to check in with them. We're going to pray with them. And then, then we'll leave. It'll be, we'll be good. So 30 minutes later, the, you know, the nurse came up to us and said, you know, I noticed you were praying. We really aren't supposed to let visitors be in the ER that long, but I kind of felt like I didn't want to interrupt you. And I wanted to respect your, your religious preferences, but she's like, I really need you to leave. So the, the <laughs> end of the story, I mean, we ended up basically spending about a half an hour there and the young man that went with me connected with their son, who was just his, you know, he sees his dad hooked up to all these tubes and, and everything. And so, um, he pulled, you know, my friend pulls him out of the room, the son, and he's talking to him and he's like, look, you know, your dad's going to be good, you know, let's pray. And so it engaged with them while I was, you know, talking with the, the husband or dad and the wife. So to me, you know, as we're walking back out to the car, he's like, Hey, he's like, I just wanted to say thank you. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, for what? And he said, for, for pressuring me to do this because it was out of my comfort zone. And he's like, I've never done a hospital visit before, but he's like, if I hadn't gone, I wouldn't have been able to engage with this young man who is also in the college age group at the church. And That's so awesome. I said, you know, absolutely. And, and what's even better was they decided because we engaged with them, they decided to regularly attend the church. And so now every, every time I see either one of them, they make it a point to come over to me and say, Hey, you know, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And obviously it's not, it's not about saying thank you, but if you, if you don't as a leader, if you don't have um, vested personal interest in individuals that you're serving with, you're just not going to be as successful as yeah. you potentially could be. Because yeah. again, you know, like I said, it's, you know, we, we all get tired of doing things and serving, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we gravitate towards the people while we're serving that are appreciative and are thankful and are vocal about, you know, us giving up of our time. Mm -hmm. And I, I know, like, if I, if I'm doing something, even with the pastor and he says, thank you, I'm not a words of affirmation kind of guy. Like I've, I've said that before on the broadcast, but, you know, I appreciate the fact that it's recognized that, you know, that I invest the time and it's, it's hard. It really is. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, we, we do the best we can and, and, um, we try and try and connect with the people that we're serving with, but. Oh, yeah. Well, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And you really did a great job right there, James, of just bringing someone alongside you and, and showing them how it's done. That's what Jesus did. Jesus lived his life with the disciples. He showed them, he lived with them. He talked to them, he taught them. And, uh, I'm, I think, you know, when it comes to, I'm working with a, a young man right now as an intern, and we've had discussions before, and uh, I'm very much an on-the-job training type person. I think if you want sure. to be in ministry, you need to be in ministry, and then you'll, you know, just learn, and, and as God provides opportunities, you'll be able to pastor if that's what God's calling you to, or whatever it may be. I'm, I'm not a big academic, if you will. Um, you'll learn more just leading a ministry <laughs> than you will sitting in a classroom learning about ministry or theology or anything of that nature. And uh, those things can be important. Um, but uh, what you did there, I think it was example Jesus gave. And that's phenomenal. That's awesome. Good stuff. Mike, did you want to jump in? And I mean, I could take us in a completely different direction. Uh, um, I, I don't know if you had another piece on the... Um, Nope, you're good. List tonight. I I do kind of have a, a dozen I'll throw out there. Um, <laughs> you knew I was going to have a list. Uh, <laughs> I was just surprised you you beat me to it, Dustin. But no, I I, I was like kind of you know what bring in the dozen and and kind of say what what are those things? Uh, being a better leader, what does that really mean? And so 
starting really, I'll kind of run through them and then we can kind of uh, talk about any of them that we'd like. Uh, number one, empathy. Um, number two, grit. Number three, humility. Number four, integrity. Number five, flexibility. Number six, self-awareness. Number seven, optimism. Number eight, being a continuous learner. Number nine, embracing change. Number 10, giving credit. Number 11, communicating well. And number 12, leader say and do. So we're going to, we're going to spend 10 minutes on, on each, each one of those. No, <laughs> I'm going to get more say, coffee guys. I'll be back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I will say that a good deal of those and I mean, we've talked about this before, but sure. a good deal of those connect with servant leadership. And, you know, certainly Jesus gave gave the ultimate example of that in, during his ministry on the earth. But I will say, starting with empathy, you know, a lot of times we listen and we listen to the folks that we we do ministry with, but we don't actually listen to what they're saying and listen to them. And a lot of, a lot of times when we, when we talk about empathy, that that's how we can do that. That's how we can demonstrate empathy by simply yep. listening and engaging with that individual, but taking it a step further and actually saying, you know what, I might not disagree with, or I might, I might disagree with what you're saying, but ultimately um, I'm still going to pay attention because what you're saying has value. And when we treat volunteers like that, or the folks that are serving um, like that, that establishes value. All of those 12 things, if I, if I went through and drew it out on a whiteboard, which Mike and I, I do that on occasion to, you know, to track stuff down and thoughts and whatnot, but every one of those things that would make you listening a better leader adds value to someone else. And so if we take that and we actually implement that as being a leader, our, pri our primary concern is pouring into the lives of others and helping others that in turn sets us up for success. I mean, there's no other way to, to really say that because oftentimes, you know, with, with safety and security, we see folks that will say, and in a lot of other ministries, hospitality, et cetera, they'll say, okay, you know, I've got 10 people. I'm running those 10 people. They're going to serve. There shouldn't be a problem. They know what to do. And then it falls apart. And they're like, well, wh what happened? Like why? And so oftentimes they'll come to us and they'll say, I don't have a team anymore. Well, why don't you have a team? Well, they all left. Well, mm you know, have you text them? Have you spent time with them? Have you, you know, have you engaged with them? Have you gotten to know them better? And, you know, the response oftentimes will be a deer in the, in the headlights look where it's like, oh no, I don't, I don't talk to them. I don't text them. And I'm like, okay. So if you aren't concerned about them, then why does it matter when you, you lose your team? Well, I can't do what I'm supposed to do. Well, yeah. So you need to be concerned about them. So it's, to me, it, it's just, it's interesting. And, and, you know, I've talked to, honestly, I've talked to just as many pastors that, um, th that stuff in, and I mean, I know, you know, this Dustin, but that stuff is the, where the rubber meets the road in, yeah. you know, in ministry. And so many times coming out of college, coming out, you know, with your, your, you know, pastoral degree or master in divinity, that's just not communicated. Like nobody's, no, nobody's no. in college saying, you know, as a pastor, when you're done, come out, talk, you know, mm -hmm. listen to people like be empathetic and understanding and not judgmental. Yeah. From that there, there's, a, there's a few Bible <laughs> colleges out there that'll do that, but no, it's very, very uncommon. Yeah. Uh, empathy is, uh, and it, I'm going to talk about the attention you're talking about giving there. And, uh, setting expectations for it as well, because as much as that is needed and it is, there's some that expect more than what's really even possible. 
right? Um, True. Just for instance, right? Like I'm I'm 35. I am pursuing a doctorate in ministry and leadership with Liberty University. I have a wife and three kids. I pastor a church, and and now I'm I'm leading the Men After God movement, and I'm very excited about it all. And uh, I tell our church family, you know, I you are my priority as a pastor. I mean, you're supposed to be. That's great. Um, however, there is some someone else, the, the, my family, and and they win every time. Right. Um, sure. just, just period. And so there has been some that uh, just just recently in the last few weeks, someone that uh, wanted my a time to take them anywhere and everywhere they wanted. We I pastor a church of about one hundred and seventy five average attendance right now. And so, um, you know, again, we're at that place to where it's really starting to go less less on me and more on everyone, uh, which is great. Um, but that's this is just this person that wanted and wanted and wanted. And I had to set the expectation of, hey, listen, this is. I can't do this. You're hurting my family now and we need to stop. And uh, so I think that's important to set out as to the expectation of, but, you know, asking for a text a week, an email a week, some form of communication a week, just to say, Hey, I'm praying for you. I love you. Something simple and, and kind. Uh, yeah. That goes a long way, long way. That's good stuff. That's straight into, I think two of them right there, Dustin is you, you want to have flexibility. Yes. But you got to have that self-awareness to the point where if you're not letting yourself, you're burnt out, you're not letting your priorities get misplaced, you're you're really aware enough to kind of yeah. say to know and, and you got to push back sometimes. And it's it's kind of knowing that is kind of saying the op opportunity. We talked about it earlier, the ability to kind of delegate or or realize that, hey, you got the hand off or tag out or whatever. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that that's back to another one. That's just grit. That's yeah. just grinding that out and saying, you know what, look, man, uh, whoever, you, it's just not the right time. I can't do this right now. I can't. I'm sorry. I, I, I want to be able to help you out. Maybe here's somebody that could help you out, et cetera. Um, I think a lot of us can struggle sometimes with saying no, uh, not just to uh, saying no to uh, helping somebody out, but saying no to someone else. And yeah. I think it's that idea of the delivery of the no that people fear away from. So I think mm -hmm. fear less about that because what you're doing is kind of saying somebody needs to, you have to be able to drive that change home because maybe somebody just said yes too much to that person and they've never been given a boundary. Mm -hmm. So we need to be able to give them that boundary. Yeah. I'll give you two things there, uh, Mike, if I can, um, yeah. self-awareness is often others awareness. It's my wife who can look at me and say, Hey, you need to take a break. Hey, you, you're getting a little, um, and I don't want to hear it anymore. So it's time to rest. You know, she's the one that can really bring that out on me. And oftentimes that's, that's what a lot of self-awareness is, is someone bringing it up and us going, Oh, Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and grit. I think the grit to continue forward to say yes or say no comes from purpose and planning and priorities. And that's why I, I love coaching. I, I had a coach for a year and I have a coach in a different area now, but uh, this guy was just coaching me in leadership, pastorate, and we work through a process that I love taking people through. And I'm reading a book right now called Business Made Simple by Donald Miller. And this book, um, he, he puts something out. Um, Oh, I can't remember the website, but he's got a daily planner, a free one that he gives out. You can print out and stuff. And they, you, he has you start every day uh, reading a, your eulogy. So prior to doing this, you've had to write your eulogy. And you're looking at you know, what your family and stuff's going to be saying at the end or what you want said about you and stuff. And you're going to live that day in light of that. And if I, you know, I want my family to, you know, dad, I, I love the time you gave us. I love how you made us a priority. I love that this, and my father was this, my father, that if I want those things said about me, then sometimes I have to say no to someone else. Right. Um, or, or whatever situation yours may be. Maybe it's not with children. Maybe it's with whatever you have in your eulogy, you're going to say no that day in order for that to be a true thing stated. So thinking about that in the end of mind. And then lastly, I think sometimes as servant leaders, we often take on, uh, and then this might go back to some over empathy and uh, no one has ever accused me of that, but that's a story <laughs> for another day. Um, but we, we can't take on another person's response to our statements. Um, if our statements are, you know, truthful, honest, biblical, you know, especially if it's an area of theology um, or, or something that is a boundary, like you said, Mike, and another person gets upset about that, we kind of got to we have to get a little thick skin and kind of look at it and go, well, I'm sorry that upset you, but that's the way it is. 
Right. And we Absolutely. have to be okay with doing that because the moment we subject ourselves to other people's feelings, well, they now control our lives rather than God or us. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I think that's something to take into consideration of saying that no. Uh, get, it, it's easy to say no when there's a bigger yes inside. I think it's a cliche term. Uh, but uh, have that yes be something that's driving you. And then don't, don't take on another person's response because it's more of a reflection of what they've got going on in them than what you're actually you know, given a statement for. Absolutely. And I think flipping from the no, I think we'd uh, hit on the optimism one is you gotta, you gotta, I I sometimes tell people, you see the kind of optimist, pessimist, I almost take it a step further and flip that script and say, it's not about glass half full or glass half empty. I I start to say, wait a minute, I have a glass and Mm. it's not empty. So it's the and and it's both. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting if if you're listening and I'll just say this because um, we're we're running out of time. But the if you're listening and you're like, you know, those 12 things, I want to take a look at them. We'll actually post those with the show notes uh, so you can go back and, and take a look at that uh, at a later time if you'd like. Uh, honestly, I you know, you might be if you're listening, you might be saying there's no way that I could possibly do all 12 of those things. But I, I will tell you that you're probably, if you're leading your team and you have a solid foundation, you, you're probably already doing some of that. And honestly, they overlap each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I had I had the opportunity to serve as the as my church's safety and security director for uh, just over 15 years, and one of the the priorities. And, and places that I would see everything that Mike listed as being those 12 things are things that I actively did. And the truth is I actually had the best ministry retention of any ministry in, in the church. And I don't say that to, to brag, to be like, Hey, look at me. But I, I say that to encourage you. Was it hard? Absolutely. There were days where I wanted to turn, well, there were days when I tossed my keys to different pastors and said, <laughs> I'm done, I'm out, see ya. And they graciously left them on their desk for me to reclaim the next time I walked in the building. But the truth is that, you know, as we as we do the best we can, as we we incorporate all of that, um, it it becomes successful. Like you can be better at leading because you're, you're applying biblical foundation and biblical Mm -hmm. principles to, you know, to serving. And as we do that, uh, not only do you engage with folks and, and pour into them, but you retain them and, you know, you help them because you're more concerned about them than, you know, operationally what's going on. Like there have been times from a safety perspective where I might be the only one, you know, we, we have a hundred and our church used to be 150,000 square feet. So, you know, maybe I'm the only person, maybe I can only do what I can do. That's fine. But if you, if I'm not, you know, empathetic and, and concerned about you as a volunteer and your family, then you're not going to come back and serve when you call me and say, Hey, I need this day off because something's going on, you know? So there's always with everything, you know, there's always obviously a balance, but um, it's it's just interesting to me because oftentimes like we've had the opportunity to talk with pastors and and also ministry leaders. And, you know, nobody <laughs> there's not a school for ministry leaders. <laughs> there's <laughs> not you know, it would be nice if there was, uh, you know, that you could tell you could, you know, say, OK, we need somebody, we need a leader over hospitality, go to, go to the school for a month and, you know, you'll come back and you'll be this perfect person. And, uh, you know, I, I joke around all the time with the, with the pastors, but I'll say, Hey, if, you know, church would be so much better if we didn't have to deal with all these people. Right. Hmm. And they usually like stop and look at me like, what, (laughs) like, why are you saying that? Yeah. But I joke around about it, but the, the truth is that's, you know, that's part of it. That's part of ministering. That's part of, of church is, is impacting the folks that are inside the walls as much as outside. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, the, the people are the ministry, you know, without the For people, sure. we have no ministry, you know? And so, um, 
Yeah, man. Well, I, I know we're, we're going to be closing up. And so I just want to give a couple of resources to the guys. Um, obviously, if you want to follow us, Men After God podcast, you can find us facebook.com uh, slash uh, Men After God podcast or join our group community there, facebook.com slash groups slash Men After God. And um, we'd love to connect with you there. Uh, you mentioned how growing as a leader, James, is a biblical thing. Um, that's one of the reasons I really like John Maxwell. I'm an executive director with the Maxwell Leadership Team, and I'm a huge fan of his, obviously, if I've poured in that much. But um, his book, uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, is all based upon biblical principles and truths. And in fact, he wrote a devotional that goes along with it, and I think it's called The Most Important 21 Minutes of a Leader's Day or something like that. It's a black and blue sure. copy, and it takes the 21 laws and then as a five-day devotional maybe seven day um as each one of them he bring he shows where in scripture he he pulled that from if you will and you're able to read through that and see it in the bible and the principle and truth there and so uh highly recommend doing that and uh and for any leaders out there if you if you're leading people uh you're if, you, if you're leading people you need to be loving people and love them first and then lead them. Uh, and all of this, this list that Mike put together is, is phenomenal. And it's something that uh, every person can do. It, you know, the Bible says that uh, when we're saved, old things are passed away. All things become new. Uh, we're new creatures in Christ. Our sanctification, if we have a theology of sanctification, we believe we're consistently growing closer to Jesus but before we get to heaven. That means there should be growth. And so if you're a person who looks at this list says, man, well, I can do this, but I can't do that. Okay, great. So either work on it or bring in someone that, that is really good at it. Um, you know, there's some of those that I think just have to be innate to you. Uh, but, uh, you know, optimism, I, I love that one. I'm forever the optimist. And Mike, I loved your illustration <laughs> there about, you know, like it's not about half full or half empty. It's look, you got a glass like that. You're already stepped leaps and bounds above, ahead of some people, you know? And so, uh, it's just wonderful. Thanks, thanks for having me on, guys. I hope it brought some value to me to you, and I've I've definitely enjoyed uh, talking with you. For sure, Mike, Mike. you're muted. Yep, <laughs> double muted there. Super hard to follow that one. I mean, uh, what a what a great closing, Dustin. And I mean, you're uh, dropping John Maxwell there. I can't I can't quite uh, get anywhere close to the same. Uh, none none of us can, my friend. None exactly. of us can. <laughs> but I, I I will close out and kind of say of that dozen, we talk about how do how do you be a better leader? Um, quick exercise: take those dozen that we'll put in the show notes, create twelve columns on a sheet of paper, put one in each column, and then sit there and say, rank yourself. Give yourself a one to ten score on how well you think you are in that category. And then look at the ones that you're the low score. Look at the ones that are the high score. And then use that to kind of introspectively work on. That's much better. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, hey, what he's talking about. Put the put those 12, get 12 columns out there, write those on a sheet of paper, and then um, you know, put rate yourself, maybe one to ten there. Uh, and the ones that you're lowest on, I would suggest that you pick one thing you could do and maybe just pick one of them at a time to work on. Oftentimes we decide to work on way too many things at once, overwhelm ourselves. And then when we fail, we're like, oh no, I can't do this. Uh, no, you just tried to do too much. You know, you can't do it all. You're not God. It's okay. And so go ahead and write those down or put the numbers next to it. And then the, your lowest one, like pick it and then uh, work on that one. And maybe work on it for about a quarter about a season, whatever it might be good for you. Pick a length of time that you think is uh, adequate for you to be able to uh, work on that and then go back to it and, and, and score yourself again. Even, even better, as we said, a lot of self-awareness is others' awareness. If you have someone close to you, a friend that's going to be honest to you, let them do this for you. Like, hey, can you, can you just like rate me here real quick and then maybe talk through some of that because they may show you something that you, you don't realize yet. Uh, and then again, come back and either have them re-rate you or you re-rate yourself and uh, you work seeking continuous growth. Uh, just to quote Maxwell, he says, uh, he, he says, a lot of people say experience is the best learner, but that's not true. Evaluated experience is the best learner. So if we evaluate the experiences we have, then we can actually grow from them. But if you just have experiences, well, you just had experiences. So for sure. So I'm not sure about the whole asking someone else to rate me. Oh is, yeah. Yeah. Right. We, we, is that we don't like of, that. Uh, kind of going out of my comfort zone just a tiny bit. Yeah. 
That's, that's, that's why a coach is good. If you get a coach, you have someone you know, they're there for, they want you to succeed, and the, but they're going to be honest with you. And they're just going to tell you like, hey, man, no, you're yeah. you're not great at this one and you need to work well, on that. I and, am posting, I'm going to go ahead and put uh, the Man After God website in the yeah. show notes as well. So oh, that'd be great. Um, Thank you. We're still, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what's going on. We're still having an issue with the, the, um, the volume and the, the mics all around, but anyhow, mm. um, we will probably have to adjust that post-production. Well, I know you're the guy for that. that. So yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I, I know a guy, I know a guy I'll refer him to you. And so, Oh man, sure. now, James, thank you so much for being a part of the Man of God podcast. And Mike, I wish we could have a closing comment from you, but yeah. <laughs> Do you know sign language? No. He does oh, not. Uh, there yeah. you go. There you go. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Cool. Well, again, thanks so much, Dustin, for hanging out with us. Appreciate, appreciate you, appreciate your time and, and certainly giving it to a couple of, couple of guys that are goofballs. <laughs> oh man, I think I'd fit right in. I've loved it. Thank you, James, for having me. Mike, thank thank you too, man, for your time. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, so we'll wrap up real quick. Um, I don't know what happened, honestly, with the sound because I think everybody's mic all of a sudden went went crazy. But I could uh, I could throw some puns together for Mike's mic, but I'll I'll skip that. So anyhow, thanks for joining us. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, next week, we're going to try and talk about policies and procedures. Uh, so Mike and I will be on and uh, kind of talking about how uh, you can set those up for your team and, and what those look like and, and uh, some of the pros and cons of that. And then I will say that uh, we've got a crazy next three months of of guests um we've got a lot of new folks that are coming on a lot of uh a lot of old folks that have been on years ago that that are coming back so you don't want to miss it so like share and and subscribe uh if you're listening so that you you get that notification uh but as always you can reach out to us and if there's a, a specific topic that you'd like us to chat about uh, we're happy to add that into into the season. So uh, thanks for hanging out with us. And again, you can visit us through our website at churchsafetyguys.com. And we're happy to help you out wherever and however we can with, with being successful with your ministry. So uh, until next week, take care. God bless. And we will talk to you soon. Have a great week. Thank you for joining the Church Safety Guys broadcast, brought to you by Vigilant Impact. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback and interaction. Be sure to share our broadcast with your teams, join the discussion online, and connect with us on social media or at our website at churchsafetyguys.com. For other great ministry resources, download the Church Security app. Remember, keep a servant's heart, a mindset of ministry, and semper disciplina. Always be training. Have a blessed week.